Are you ready to uh, pretend you're my friend for another hour, Steve? That's a big ask, Ryan. Someone in the comments from a recent video asked if we were fighting. I know. Is this because we I, we teased each other a little bit? I think you were teasing my playing, and I don't I don't remember what it was. But it was like, oh, I could see why he thought that. But no, we were not fighting. That was flirting. <laughs> it's, a, it's like it's like kindergarten flirting. Right, it's foreplay, guys. Yikes. <laughs> Uh, Ryan, tell the folks what they're watching. Uh, they're watching. No, 60- tell them who you are. I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve. And you are watching 60 Cycle Humble. Now we're fighting. Guitar, <laughs> buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, playing, reviewing, playing again podcast. <laughs> At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Oh, man. Oh, oh we're off to the races. This first ad was sent to us. Did you know that you could send us ads from the internet? You, at home, or on the toilet, or at work, or in the car, please don't drive and watch this. You can listen to it as a podcast. But did you know that you can email us used ads that are weird and ridiculous and irresponsible or maybe something that people absolutely should buy? You can email them to us. We might put them on the show. And if we pick your ad, you're going to win a $25 gift certificate. Printed on heavy virtual cardstock to the retailer fast oh, food virtu- establishment. Virtual cardstock mm-hmm. now, no mm-hmm. longer digital. No, it's still it's, digital. It's digital and virtual. Yeah, it's both of those things. It's, it's you know it's and cyber. <laughs> it's cyber. It's a cyber deal. Uh, it's 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 from Tron, Steve. It's a Tron card. <laughs> Steve, can, Steve that, just finally that be my what's new. Steve just finally watched both Tron movies I for the first time in Trons. his life. Yeah. Well, well, that'll be your what's new. That's my what's so anyways, uh, maybe this ad will win. Maybe uh, Damon Faulkner will win $25 for just sending in an ad to an email address. Uh, This is... Okay, I'm going to let you read the copy. Along with Velma Dinkley, inspiration for this build came from vintage Japanese and Italian surf guitars. This is Velma, the little one in the group. With some curves and a few, I'm so already grossed out. Oh, come on. Uh, Velma is about 10% smaller in overall dimension than an SX liquid, but she is not an SX. Uh, she's in a unique offset with lots of offsets and details. Semi-gloss orange flake offset. How many freaking times are, oh my God. With By custom Padawak hardwood pick guard, offset dots to the D-roller bridge. 
gold old trim, guitar finish, P90 humbuckers. Da 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 da. Tezzy, oh, Tezzy kill switch. That's neat. Shout out Tezzy switch. Uh, neck has a 12 inch radius, one piece hard maple with custom headstock in oil finish, uh, bone nut, nickel frets. Da 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 da. The pick guard is wired for easy removal with all the wiring ending up in a quick barrel style connect disconnects as seen in the picture. Da, 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 da. Aluminum oversized knobs and a custom etched neck plate featuring Velma herself to finish sonically. She is a monster in humbucker mode and a twing fest in single coil. She sounds amazing with lots of spring reverb or some heavy fuzz. Very dynamic and no noise. Action is low, holds tune well. Break angle from the bridge. The trim is super low, and that feels fantastic. Other details that matter even less than the things that I said. Hashtag Velma guitar. Uh, <laughs> I didn't read the copy. I didn't know. Like, I knew this this guy had a thing for, for Velma, the character. Right. But I didn't know it was going to have an ick to it. Let me play is off... This, is this a liquid body? It's clearly inspired by a liquid body, but I could tell just by looking at it that the dimensions were off. I don't know if he trimmed a liquid body to get this or if he was just trying to copy that shape because he liked it. Right. Uh, but just looking, I was trying to look, look at the lower horn and figure it out, but now that I hear that it is smaller, it's like I see that. It is more mm-hmm. compact. It's so weird for him to make a, you know, a guitar he's trying to sell for real money based off of a famously budget guitar. This is a thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah. But let's talk about this more before well, we get for, back to that thousand dollars. First Steve. First Steve. Yes. Um It always used to be the debate Ginger or Marianne. Yeah. It seems like it's not even a debate these days. It just seems like everyone prefers Velma over Daphne. Uh we hit a It is Daphne, right? Daphne, yeah. correct. Uh I think from, you know, whatever nineteen 68 or whenever Scooby-Doo first came out until, uh, I don't know, like 2016. Right. Right. You know, and it's crazy that it's a, it's a trend it now instead of the, it, maybe just because Scooby-Doo has done a better job of staying in the public consciousness and staying in pop culture where Gilligan's Island is like, when was the last time anyone watched Gilligan's Island yeah. where there's new Scooby-Doo stuff all the time. That so everyone I, hates. Not everyone hates it. I haven't seen it, but okay. I, I know it was it was widely panned. Oh, you're talking about the new new. The new new. Okay, no, I'm talking like there's been, they've never stopped making Scooby-Doo. Right, okay, you know? yeah. And there's, um, there's all sorts of Scooby-Doo that people who are, are Zoomers and younger are familiar with that were made for them, you know. I think there is a segment of the broad, the general population, I think, you know, historically... Yeah, like I said, from nineteen whenever this show started until How maybe deep like are you gonna go on until this? maybe like five or ten years ago, everyone, the vast, vast majority of people are Team Daphne. Uh and but in the current like attractive zeitgeist of, you know, plus size models and natural thickness and whatever, like the the Velma stock has risen significantly. Velma stock. Velma stock. Um, also, I don't like I don't like also, the way that you're taking. I don't like this direction. Also, they they played that up in in one of the Scooby Doo movies where she's where Velma's played by Linda Cardellini, and there is a whole part in that movie where she like. Are gets, you talking about the live action? The live action. Well, one. the live actions were all TNA, right? But they I, like, they made they made Scooby sexy somehow. <laughs> 
But I'm saying like there's a whole thing in there where I don't I don't know what the plot is. She like got in like a mind brainwashing right, right, machine right. or something, and all of a sudden she's like hot Velma. That was a weird era where it's like let's make a Scooby Doo movie, but it's going to be in the same universe as Dude Where's My Car for some reason. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's the I and it makes sense. It makes sense those sorts of like cultural connections. But come on, like. Uh, I I mean, I think the way I get, you know, I get it. I don't, the way that I'm definitely not yucking anyone's yum, but I, I, the, the fetishization of, of Velma, I, the first couple times that you encounter is like, Oh yeah, I know that totally like I get like, you know, she totally is attractive. Like, yeah, that's, that makes total sense. But once it became a thing, I'm like, come on, you're not, you're not, you're, try, you're trying to act like you're different because, oh, well, I mean, no one, like, that's what everyone is doing these days. Everyone's attracted to Velma. We're, bu- all, I, we're all attracted to yeah. Velma, okay? You're not special. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I find the neck, I'll just go to this. The neck plate, I think the choice, though I guess he does say, like, this is the ideas to homage, like, old Japanese, like, kind of like the Yamaha Samurai yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. So it's both surprising but appropriate that the laser etched Velma on the neck plate is like a uh, manga style. Like it's that high, high Japanese art. What the hell are you doing? I'm looking for uh, something. Don't style worry. of this, of this character. And it's not like the traditional adventures of Scooby-Doo ones from like the sixties or whatever. Right, right, uh, right. I think I know what you did. Um, the headstock work, the headstock, I think, is hideous, but uh, the the shape the is just kind of. I don't know what it is. It just does not work. For the me. liquid doesn't work. Shrunk like it's it's a little wonky. But I think the body's fine. I'm just saying the headstock. I think the headstock looks weird, but I like the raised or whatever. Like I actually don't mind the headstock uh, way the naming is done. I think that's done well. You think the body's? I think the pit guard is weird. I think the pit guard would is not contoured enough. Um, it's it's it. I see what they were going for. It's tough on the lower horn. Yeah, I think it looks right on the upper horn, but I think on the lower it, horn, it's off. It should cut down and meet halfway up the middle of the neck mm. pickup, and the switch should yeah. just be the the switch should be upper about. Yeah, that would look because cool. that would that would like push it. It, it would give it you the same kind of like. Uh, some people aren't going to like this, but it, it would push it in the direction of like the St. Vincent. Yeah. Which is behind yeah. me right now. Um, like even giving it a little bit of a cut across like a 45 degree mm-hmm. across that lower horn might help it. I think the pit guard looks really good. I think everything about this looks really good. Actually. There's not anything. I, I love mean, the sparkle. Yeah. The sparkle looks really good. I, all I, the hardware looks amazing. The hardware choices, the dream, whatever pickups is, it's kind of funny because he talks about this not being uh, an SX, which is sold by Rondo, right? SX? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, then it uses GFS pickups. Uh, pickups. But then it also uses some premium, like the Tezzy kill switch. That's a premium kill switch. I've actually got the, uh, the cheaper version of these pickups. That I've been meaning. Oh, cool. I've been thinking about installing uh, one in my actual SX liquid. So there that was go. kind of funny to see this. Uh, and then hip shot tuners. That's These are pre- like the Artex or whatever. That's a premium part. And uh, Goldo. 
I thought you were actually pulling out a Goldo bridge. No, 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 no. Uh, so, and it has the Goldo uh, bridge on it, which is another premium part. So there are, there is a lot of thought put there's, into this. There's something about the the neck though, that where looks, you look, you look, cheap. you look at the close up of the nut mm-hmm. and the edges of the wood, and it it looks like it looks like a all parts are mighty might like cheap unfinished neck. Yeah. Like maybe it's not. Maybe this is a very well dressed neck. Like the the edges of the frets, like you can't really. They look fine, but they don't look amazing. Actually, the frets look a little bit murky. They don't look like they've been hand polished or anything like that. No. So it, it like a thousand dollars is there theoretically because he did some really cool finishing work. Mm-hmm. A lot, the the pick guard if it's not your style it's you can still admit that that's clean. This is a, he put he put good hardware on it. He put a, he put a, a anime picture of Velma laser engraved on the neck plate, which is I, maybe someone out there appreciates. No, that. No, I, I think it goes with a the theme. I, it I, does. I, I appreciate that 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 is the one that they picked. I'm looking for this store. Uh, I would have gone without the laser engraving. I think that's. I think that's uh, too much. I think that leans into the ick factor for me. Where that's mm. that's an ick for me. A thousand dollars is. Is I can't say no, but it's. I'll, I also feel like arguing with it. There it is. Because we the the neck does look cheap and because we know right. those pickups you know the, the other hardware is fine but the you know the pickups are affordable i don't know like it's i i have a set of those pickups in a harley benton and i actually really love the sound of them right like i really like under it's a humbucker that's it's it's like the size of a mini bucker basically under there but the the actual coils, if you split it, the single coils are smaller than a number not regular single coil. So you actually get this really fun, like spaghetti western sand when they're this split. Was originally listed for sixteen hundred dollars. Holy hell, that's way too much. This listing ended. That means no one bought it. I wonder if it means no one because it did have twenty two. He decided. To, he decided to keep it. I wonder if it means that he took it down and made a deal outside of the system. That's always possible too. Um, but a thousand dollars. Yeah. I, I understand why they, a bunch of people are watching it. Cause it's cool looking, Yeah, but it's that without a, a, a known builder behind it. Cause it didn't say like, it's not a known builder, right? It's a, it's I a guy. assume it was built by old Roman, but who's that? The guy who runs old Roman's guitar, gear, locker. gear locker. Yeah. Yeah. But like, who is that? Has anyone heard of him? Like, no, maybe someone out there. And has, he doesn't have any. Build, I, that's what I was just looking up. He doesn't have any other builds. Right, right. Listed. And like, actually, the guy's name isn't Roman. It's like old Roman's gear locker guitars for gladiators or something like, is, like he's, I hate, he's talking about the Roman Empire, old Roman Empire, which sure. yeah. I wonder how how often he thinks about that. Um. So anyways, <laughs> I don't it. I know it sounds sucky. Because this could be amazing. It looks really mm-hmm. cool. Like he could have made every part of that neck. It might not be in all parts, like I said. But there's no reputation around him. Right. There's there's nothing else to gauge this off of. There's no other work for us to 
to be able to figure out mm-hmm. like if this is something of value because it could just be parts that you could assemble yourself with a little bit of, you know, woodworking in the garage, making the pit garden stuff. Um, he does say that he does mention that the, the frets to what you called out are edge sanded, but unfinished. Okay. So I've got got a good eye guys. He's talked about different. He's neck is a 12 inch radius. One piece, hard maple with custom headstock and oil, blah, 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 bone nuts. It's, it's a parts neck because if he fretted that neck himself, right. They would have been, he, he would have been polishing them as he installed them. Cause look at the rest of this. Yeah. Look at the finishing on this that you don't accidentally like fall into having uh, on an honestly really great looking finish, mm-hmm. but then leave murky frets on a fretboard if you're the one making the neck. It's a part. It's a part snack yeah. that he got from somewhere, but which is d- which is totally fine. But that it's does totally kind fine. of like beg the question. A you, lot of builders use necks built by someone else. Yeah, but that does beg the question. Like you do all of this work, there is a lot of attention to detail. Even if I don't like the pit guard shape, this is one of the best. It's attractive. Hand carved whatever pit guards that we've seen in quite some time. Uh, but then why wouldn't you just do the, do the little, you know, extra t- spend the extra time. So I'm going to fe- make those frets look super shiny. Right. right. I, I'm feeling iffy about the price, but if someone pays it, they pay it. If, if this was a local builder that I knew, like, mm-hmm. like say this is like a buddy and okay. he starts building guitars. Okay. Someone I meet around mm-hmm. town. I'm like, Oh, wow, you build guitars. Look at that. Yes. I'm trying to figure out where I'd be interested. If like buy, is, buying from a friend who's doing like cool kind of like parts builds. I mean, I think for off of a friend where you know that they build cool stuff, I'd be willing to do a thousand dollars. Really? Yeah. I don't know if I'd go a thousand on this. If they're doing cool stuff, I feel stuff, bad about it. I, th- th- no, no. Listen to me, because because they're a friend. I'm not gonna like. I don't want to nickel and dime somebody who makes something good, but they're like. Like, oh, I'm not going to... I know, I know. Like, I don't want to go to somebody and be like, hey, man, you make a really good guitar. But, where, but like, Steve, let's Steve, be friends. Steve, where's the price where you're not going to talk shit about them behind their back? Where you're not going to be like, oh, you know, you know, Chuck, you know his guitars? He wants yeah, a thousand yeah. bucks for them? No way, right? Where's the price where you, where you're like no that you know he's charging the right price for what he's doing. Well, I'm assuming that he's making a bunch of these and that he's like, it's like you're he's gonna dance around it. Pay, no, I'm say. saying like you're paying a thousand dollars, you're paying seed money. That's seed money into the future of this. Dude's I know, brand. but I'm talking like you are you down in the core of your heart, you're recognizing what this instrument is actually worth on the market. Like if you were if you were trying to resell it, like. What you would expect well, it to be value? Sell it, Steve is you're dancing this around this so friend. much. You 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 obfuscate the question by making it your friend. I know, I know. I complicated this for no the, reason. The question, the way I wanted to, to phrase the question, this is my fault. I'm sorry. The question that I was prepared to answer uh-huh. was, what costs? Gets you in your car driving to some dude's house in Poway. Right. Um, or Escondido or whatever. I keep having the number 450 pop in my head. That low. Okay. Like if I saw this up for 650, I'd be like, oh, I got to check this guy out. I want to, I want to like, if I, if he's on, if he's on offer up, I'm going to follow him. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. at 450, I'm starting to be like, I got to go play this thing. Okay. I was thinking 600. 
is the price where I feel like we're floating 600 around 600 is at least the number where I go like, oh, that's cool. It, listen, if I show up and I play it and it plays great and mm. it's that instant connection, just like that, you strum a, a, an E yeah. minor and play a couple notes and you're like, oh, baby, I'm home. Like, I'll pay 650 I'll pay, mm. I'd, mm. I'd pay 700 if this felt good off the bat, not even hearing it because I can swap pickups if I want to, but right. if it felt good right off the bat, then I can justify like 700. You could swap these pickups for the ones you just showed us. <laughs> yeah. For the cheaper Artex. But like if I show up and it feels like it, it feels like a, you know, $150 all parts neck. Sure. On a nice body. Then I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be like, yeah, well, yeah, maybe I could, no. maybe I could put the aluminum neck on this. I could finally find a home for that. And then, then you know, then, then this would be a project starting. He, he did the other work. So maybe like three fifty four hundred. This one looks sick with the aluminum neck on it. It really would. And the, I've actually, I want to put it on my liquid. Because I think it would look amazing on it. What would look cool is if you did, I think it would sound cool too. did a chemical dip on the headstock to etch Velma into the headstock of the aluminum neck. No, I, I'm not. <laughs> Listen, Velma's cute. I, I can't. I absolutely see how she's attractive. And I agree that she's attractive. <laughs> I agree that Velma is attractive as a fictional character and as a character that's been played by live uh, human actors. <laughs> I am human like you. Let let me express my sexuality. <laughs> I sound like a robot the way I'm dancing around this. <laughs> is what I'm getting at. Uh, I I can't think of who, but if I was going to sexualize a cartoon character and theme oh, a guitar after gosh. it, I don't I don't think it would be Velma. I think feel like I'd pick someone else. The the thing is, well, one the first part. The second part is all about color schemes. Right, right, like right. It's less about, so, you know, obviously this one is orange and brown. Right, it's right. very much Velma yeah, colors. Yeah. If this was a, if this was a Daphne guitar, it would be purple and orange. Of course. And green. If it was shaggy, it'd be um, green and green and maple. Brown. Yeah, green, brown. You know, yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, your, your Manta Hawk is basically is almost shaggy. It's kind of shaggy-ish. Close to shaggy. Yeah, I played that in a video today. Um, But... In a video you made or in a video you published? A video I published last Friday. Ah. There you go. What? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> the cattle that, and hurt, that hurt my brain. The cattle and bread uh, uh, pedal board giveaway. Oh. Yeah. Did you announce that I won? No. No one's going to know if they win. In the, uh, well, someone's going to win every other day of December. Oh, they're the, doing that again. Yeah, but they're going to win, cool. win the whole pedal board on the last day of December. Very, very yeah. cool. I can't wait to win. You're not going to win, Steve. The if you win, I'm going to make you give it back. <laughs> what, so you can hold on to pedals that you don't play for five years? Hey, whatever. the pedal board's already assembled. I can plug that in. I, no no work required. Um, yeah, Ryan, tell tell us about... I don't know. Tell don't us know. about what character, uh, what you know, cartoon character, you know, you want to wrap your fingers around their neck and make them scream. Stop it. Oh, ick, 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 ick. Gross. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. No. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you dig in hard, that guitar really wails. That character, character guitar, guitar to guitar. I, 
No, not in a, a sexualized way. I could go for a Dino Riders themed guitar. <laughs> like theme it after like one of the spaceships. Oh, okay. And the headstock is like the the tip of the rocket blaster or the, the laser blaster. Yeah. 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 I could I could go for that. Not have, in, have 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 the, the, the pendant on it mm-hmm. that they used to talk to the dinosaurs. Not in not in a red. sexual way, but Aeon Flux guitar themed guitar. You know, it's just right, right. it's just a giant eyeball with a fly on it. Yeah, yeah, the, that's the whole guitar, an eyeball yeah. with it works. I can imagine it. Yeah. It's perfect shape for a guitar. Perfect. Yeah, I don't know. I like. I don't think I'm. I don't think I have like a cartoon crush that pops immediately into my head. Does that, does that make me weird? I don't know. No, it probably makes you. It makes you weird because it's. I could have normal. Answered, I probably could have answered. I wouldn't have, but I could have answered this question when I was 14. You know, Ryan, <laughs> it is... Uh, I'm actually secure enough to answer it now. I just don't have an answer. It's like uh, 7 a.m. in Germany, and I bet Henning has the answer to this question. The answer for my question? He knows which cartoon <laughs> no, character I'd no, be sexually guitar, attracted to? No, which guitar character he's sexually oh, attracted yeah, I'd to. I'd something weird in German. <laughs> Or it's so American that it hurts. Like, why, hitting? Why yeah, is it so it's American? Like Felix the cat or something. Garfield. <laughs> why is that funnier than Felix? <laughs> I was, so I was literally, uh, like, in between recording, I was scrolling through my Explore and occasionally they just get funny videos. And this funny video was uh, a woman who does, they did, her and her partner, husband, whatever, have done like cat dog. Okay. So they would do like full bot they do like the orange body suits and then what they do like Google. Hold anymore? on, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question momentarily. So basically her whole thing is that she has a bunch of uh, those morph suits with like the face cut out. Oh, okay. You remember morph suits? Everyone remembers morph Everyone suits. Everyone remembers right? we were all morphing. Um and uh and I so no idea what he's talking about more like the the things that made you look like a wacky wave wavy inflatable tube it's literally like the putty costume from from power rangers it's oh, like you the, mean full like the body. whole body suit yeah okay like like doesn't the, your kid have one like like the like green man from always sunny yes okay all right yes i didn't know what you're like a morph suit or the, the or the the human the human being from community anyway so she has a bunch of these and she has done in one of them some like one of the her challenges was like was hey can you do sexy Garfield? And there's also one that that that's was like, redundant. Hey hey can you do sexy Eggman? Uh, <laughs> so we've now in this in this weird cosplayer account there have been two things that are on topic for the things that we just talked about. Very strange world, the internet. Here we are on the internet. If you want to support us on the internet. <laughs> that's the segue. If we, happen, if we happen to be your internet fetish, you might want to support us Head on, on over to patreon.com slash 60cyclehumcast, where for as little as $1 a month, you can get all of the behind-the-scenes action. <laughs> we just post things that happen on the show every once in a while. Um, but supporting the show now at the $5 level, we've got Matt. Hey, if, if you want extra information to really pad out your 60 cycle, um, slash fanfic, 
the inner circle is a good place to get that info. You want to ask questions about our personal lives. That's the place you can do it. And, uh, you can, you can write your steamy, steamy (laughs) podcast on podcast fan fiction. Somebody out there. Oh, they already have has a secret. They already have that. They've never published. They already have. And they're probably, they're probably in the, in the chat all the time. Or in the on the group all the time, or on, yeah. or in the premiere all the time. They're they're just writing fan fiction about what they think happens right. at, at Gearfest. <laughs> big, big weird guitar YouTuber orgy. <laughs> Bunch of middle aged men <laughs> rubbing their bodies down with fast fret. <laughs> Dude, don't you dare segue into a sponsorship right now. Don't you dare. Are you kidding me? That's the order of the show. I know. I know. Do something else. Literally anything else. What's new, Steve? We're going to go to what's... You're breaking my... Okay, fine. Do the... Okay, I gave you a little break. Now do the sponsorship. No, we can do an ad. No, do the the sponsorship now, Steve. We've put a barrier. We had to put a barrier. Holy hell. What date is this airing on? <laughs> Christmas Day, baby. No way. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas. But it's it's the happy it is, happy holidays. This is the second episode of December. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a giveaway where I ask people to write <laughs> fan <laughs> fiction. Oh, gross. <laughs> Fan fiction contest we, giveaway. Dude, that could be a Valentine's Day giveaway. And oh, we, and we, uh, we do have people write no, 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 one no, no, page no, no. fanfics and no, we'll no. read them. No, no, for no. A, for an episode. <laughs> Just an God. hour of reading. I hate this. is the worst thing we've ever recorded. I like, hate it'll be like that five minute. You know that and I'm the one book, that book that's like five minute stories or whatever? Right. Just all these like short, like two, one, two, par- like two paragraph stories. Here's what we do. We have the contest. You, neither you or me read it. Well, we're not going to read it. We're going to make our wives read them. Oh my god! Oh, but then I'm going to have to edit it. <laughs> I'll make. I'll hire our friend Adam to edit it. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to watch the premiere. Like <laughs> the cursed episode. I I kind of kind of love this idea. Oh god! It'd be so awful. It's so bad. It's so awful. Yuck. Yuck. <laughs> okay. Let's tell let's talk about string joy. We've talked about a lot of things that are bad. Let's talk about something that's good. String joy strings. These are the orbiters. I mentioned this before. I've got these on my Les Paul. I've had these on my Les Paul. I don't know how long now, but long enough that any Too other long, string, Steve. any other string that I would have had on there. There's a law I against how long I, you've had them yeah, on there. I would have definitely be feeling some ick. And these don't feel ick yet. They no feel yet. great. Ick is today's ball. special word. Ick. If you don't want to feel the yuck, use the link in our in our uh, the egg. the in our description below uh, to go over to the Stringjoy website and use code HUM to save ten percent, which in many places is what your nominal state sales tax rate is. So you will not pay. Those state sales tax, functionally, Stringjoy will cover them for you, which is fantastic. A lot of people say Stringjoy strings are too expensive. They're twelve bucks. There's a lot of there's a lot of string brands that are, sell strings for twelve bucks. They're not they're not that expensive. They're actually really. It's reasonable. not going to focus, is it? It's no, it's not. It's manual focus. I don't, you think I dick around with automatic focus, Steve? 
What's the point? The camera's never like moving. We, I, I always sit in the same spot. Can we you turn on? Is that does that camera have automatic focus? Yeah, I could do autofocus. Oh, I do manual focus, baby. I hate it when I'm watching a video and it's like. Geez, 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 geez. I hate we, it. We should record an episode on auto. Just to, anyway, it'll like skip back. Go buy some strings. Go buy some strings. Buy some strings. We like it when we get to the, we get to some affiliate earnings off of it when you buy the strings. It's like a couple bucks. It doesn't change our lives, but it brightens our day. I'll say that. This and you need strings anyways. You're watching a guitar podcast for heaven's sake. You're going to buy strings, so try them out if you haven't tried them. Is that a good pitch? Did I sell you on it yet? Let me, let me know if I haven't convinced you yet. Tell me in the comments if I haven't convinced you yet, and I'll try new ways. This was sent by Robert McDowell. Yeah. A very cool and one-of-a-kind three-pickup Tysco. Friend of the show, Robert. Era 1960s Japan offset electric guitar in a wild neon green finish. Headstock badge is a replacement from the same era. Likely similar, if not exact, to the original brand-new Ernie Ball 9s and a fully set-up and intonated monster tones from the 60s Japan single coils, just like Godzilla. Pretty amazing little shredder. Possible trades, whatever. I like he's local to us. Every time this pops up on offer up, I stop and I look at it. Oh yeah. So I like that he sent this because I I can't. Ever since we started doing the gift card thing, I can't pick ads for the show anymore because mm. I'm not going to win and I'm not going to disqualify someone else. I like that he picked this. Three hundred and fifteen dollars, so Ryan. If you were willing to offer a hundred dollars for that stupid ass I know. tennis racket last episode. I know. This is three hundred fifteen dollars. I know. That finish is that. I it's aftermarket for sure. It's but it a, looks it's, good. It looks good. It's neon green and like the right neon green. Like it looks fairly glossy. It does have some orange peel and close-up photos, but a reasonable amount. It looks solid. I like this black blue perloid thing happening on the pickups. Oh yeah, that's really that neat. is neat. Ah, damn. Right, $315. Stop it. Stop it. I wonder, do you think he'd take pedal trades? Dude, possible trades for guitar slash bass pedals would be considered. Damn. I just spat everywhere. I should have swallowed no. the water <laughs> all the way first. That's going to make it in the fanfic. <laughs> Let's look around. Like, you, I think you could. You don't have to look around. I have a basket full of pedals for trade up in the office that when the basket is full, then I'm then Lauren's going to list them on reverb and we're going to sell them. I could send him a picture of the basket and be like, you want to, do you want to pick $400 worth of pedals out of here? Yeah. I think you should do that. I don't like that. It has strat knobs on it. Just replace. How do you not have extra knobs around here? I have, Tons of so knobs. many knobs. So many knobs. I probably have knobs that would look really cool on this. Yeah. I'm thinking the problem is, is it wouldn't match anything else, but I was thinking knurled chrome. I bet that fourth switch is like a strangle switch, like on a Jaguar. I think you need to be like, hey, here's a bunch of pedals I have. Are you interested in any of these? I will trade Damn for. It, I will trade four hundred dollars. I hate that you're that just you're send right. them the list. I, I don't. I don't, right. I don't know what all pedals you have in there, but you could just be like pick th- like if you want three pedals off of this list for the guitar. I'm actually familiar. That's probably. I'm actually familiar with that trim unit. 
that was the same trim unit. It's like a uh, it's like a, a Gaiatone trim mm-hmm. uh, that was on that Gaiatone that I that oh, I bought okay. for Adam. Yeah, and I like yeah. I definished it and fixed it up for him and made it playable. Uh, it's it's probably not going to be a great trim. It'll be functional if I can find an arm that'll fit in there. Mm-hmm. I think you got. Damn it! I think you got to make it. You know that you know this has been listed forever, and if I ever resell it, I'm going to take a loss, right? You're not because you're trading pedals for it. I know, but like in, in the value, I'm going to take a loss. Yeah, whatever. You're going to take a loss anyway if you offer them four hundred dollars of pedals for a three hundred and fifteen dollar guitar. I want it, but it, I don't. Why did I almost buy a guitar last episode, and now you're talking to me? Well, what is this? Why? I don't need more guitars. I'm running out of space already. You could sell that guitar. I know, I know. There's there's stuff I am gonna sell. That guitar. Yeah, I know, I know. You could sell. No, those ones are cool. Those ones stay. The ones behind us are all cool. Well, I could sell yeah, the Leo yeah, James yeah. eventually. I, I'm gonna fix that up. Um, no, I have stuff I can move. I want. I'll I'll write this guy tonight. <laughs> like, hey, you want pedals? I want. I want it. I want to. I want to have fun with that guitar. Leave a comment. I think 350 is too much. Leave a comment in the video, below the video, if you think I'm bullying Ryan too much this episode. I think the value of 350 is too much. It's been refinished, cool, but, but if What about 315? Okay, I, I, I meant three. I feel like this should be 250. Okay. But, but in reality, 275. I feel like I should offer 250 and... <sighs> Yeah, just make an offer. I think he's overvalued it, but I think it is plenty cool. Offer him 200 I have no idea how well it's going to play. It pro- it's probably going to play exactly how it looks. Yeah, it says it was last updated 15 days ago, but like you said, you've been seeing it for longer How than stupid that. would it be if I liked the neck and I put a mastery rig on this? <laughs> That's pretty stupid. That's pretty stupid, right? That's but what if I like pretty it? pretty dumb. It's pretty dumb. How about I get this? I, I don't want. Okay, I, I'll 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 hit him up. I'll hit him up. But we do we have anything else to say about no. this other than it's cool and I should buy it? Nothing else to say about it. All right. Uh, it's probably damn it, Steve. It's probably you know they call it Tysco era. They say it's a replacement uh, headstock logo, but it might not be because there are so many brands. There are so many brands that, that were making these. Yeah, it like could have been said, anything. This is probably actually a it gu- says Conqueror. Yeah, this is probably actually a Gaiatone, but Gaiatone, same thing. There's probably at well, I think least the trim is brands. is the same hardware that Gaiatone would use. That you still right. could have been like shared parts with Tysco or something like yeah. that. Those those pickups do make me think Gaiatone, though, for mm-hmm. some reason. Mm-hmm. Like the, the strings aren't lined up on. Oh, you can because it's got like the Jaguar bridge poles. You could line them up on the on the magnetic poles. They just didn't do it. This could take a much nicer bridge and an aftermarket trim of some, I don't know. I Think don't know. of all of the videos you could make. <gasps> what? Rebuilding this use... guitar. Oh, rebuilding it. I already have like four other videos to do that with other guitars that I planned forever. And I never get around to them. Ryan, what's, what's new, man? I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make the new year's resolution to stop caring about what guitars I use in videos and just use cool 
dumb things, even if it won't be the best representation of some drive pedal or whatever. Like, mm, just grab the, grab a cool, dumb guitar instead of being like, I've got to play one with humbuckers and singles, and it has to be kind of standard so people understand. You're uh, you're watching 60 Cycle Hum, baby. I'm gonna I'm gonna get weird. I'm gonna play a guitar that you didn't expect through a tube screamer. Here's here's an idea. Even though it's a paid demo and the 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 brand might be like that was a weird choice. Here's an idea. Yeah. Uh you do a video where you play air guitar and you have a microphone running through the pedal and so the pedal is actually doing the effects on whatever guitar sounds you're making with your mouth. Oh, I thought you were just saying my hands. No, because it's air guitar, so you're doing like... Someone should sell a mute that is uh, an air guitar simulator pedal. It's just a mute, like a momentary mute air guitar simulator. It's a good idea. All the DIYers out there are small builders. Jump on that, steal it before uh, someone else can. If if one of you DIYers uh, do it, send it in for the... For the Patreon sponsored DIY pedals uh, videos, um, you got anything else new? I've just been trying to figure out band stuff, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's starting to get murky. And I'm like, I don't know. I just want to make. I just want to make. I just want to. I want to play music with people. Oh. It doesn't necessarily need to be like a huge commitment, right? I want to jam with people. It would be neat to be able to play some gigs. Mm-hmm. It would be neat to m- be able to make music that I think is fun and cool and interesting. Have you ever thought about thinking? And pop, I'm not saying other bands punk. that I've that I've been playing with aren't doing that, but like it's it's one of my goals. You know, you're in San Diego, Ryan. I know you'd have a much better chance of finding a band if you thought either pop punk. Or reggae was fun and cool. The reggae part is definitely true. I, I've been looking at the Craigslist uh, musicians listings. Mm-hmm. It's mostly like classic rock cover bands. Mm-hmm. And then it is reggae. And then it is pop punk. And then uh, it's people who don't really. And then it's like legitimate working musicians who are like, right. I need a gigging uh, drummer for the next two months. Uh, here's, you know, there's pay involved. Uh, please send me a demo reel. Ryan, you know? the question I have is why don't you think Fog Hat is fun and cool? Because, because I'm 15 years too young for that, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm starting to feel bummed out about trying to be in bands. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to take a break, or maybe it's time to. <sighs> I don't want to write songs. I just want to be a guitarist. I was gonna say you should just start your own recording project. But if you don't want to write songs, that's a problem. Adam already pitched that to me. Oh, this is where you go and you go lock yourself in a room and you you write a bunch of songs and then you find people. I don't want to be a band leader. I don't want to write songs. Right. I don't want to sing. I don't. Well, want I was to, just saying like maybe you never, maybe you never perform them. Maybe you just record them and put them on. I don't want to do that either. I just want to play guitar in a band. I just want to play guitar. Here's what I'm going to do, Ryan, but it's going to be a long project because I'm slow. I'll, I'll write some songs. I'll do, do all of the other parts. And then in like maybe 10 years, I'll send it to you to record the guitar. Did you have anything new? Yeah. You mentioned it earlier. I watched Tron. You watched Tron Tron. of all the people. That I would have thought had seen Tron. Yeah, I'd never seen Tron. You've never seen Tron. Never seen Tron. I feel like that would have been like a cultural touchstone for you. I think that movie came out before I was born. Yeah, but you're also the person who introduced me to Buckaroo Banzai. That's true. 
The really? person who yeah. introduces you to Buck. Yeah, I didn't have cable when I was a kid. I know you watched it on cable all the time. It didn't play on broadcast TV, believe it or not. Uh, the person who introduces you to Buckaroo Banzai should not also be a person who's <laughs> never seen Tron. I don't think Tron was ever on TV when I was a kid. It was all. See, this is the difference between cable and broadcast. Cable gets Buckaroo Banzai, and Hannah broadcast gets Tron because I, I watched guess. Tron a lot. Tron was on uh, on just regular TV a lot. Yeah, I mean, maybe it came on and I just skipped it. I don't know, maybe. but I don't want to watch this uh, weird glowing frisbee guy. But yeah, I watched it and I and it got me thinking. And we talked about this a little bit already. How like the first the first Tron? Okay, I'm I, a thing I'm really good at. I think a lot of people aren't, go. aren't good at, but a thing that I feel like I'm actually exceptional at is understanding the con the context of time uh this I, is like the most sounds weird steve response to hey uh, steve did you watch tron well let me tell you what i'm good at i'm good at <laughs> conceptualing the concept the flavor the scent what, and the aura what i time. mean what i mean by that is like how they say how they say like star Wars, like each star wars trilogy is good for the kids of that time sure so like okay we, all right. like how like zoomers really love the prequels sure of course because they, they were little kids when they came out were little kids when it's, it came per, out. it's candy it's candy and, kids love candy and like they struggle to watch the original trilogy because it's like on it's it was on film the original it's got that the, grain the original it's, trilogy the real the original trilogy is a, an orangutan away from being a trucker movie. Right. So right. that's and, the reality. Of and it. I feel like I'm good at understanding, like, in 1977, none of this existed. Like, in 1976, none of this existed. So I'm good at having my mind blown. I watched Tron. I had my mind blown. I watched the Tron sequel that came out, like, 30 years later. More. Yeah, about 30 years later. And I didn't have my mind blown. I thought it was fun. It was a fun movie. It it was a worthy sequel in, as far as the story goes. It felt a little fast, even though it's a longer movie. Um, but one of the things I was thinking about, I think that, that the the thing that blew minds about the not that it's mind blowing. Okay, pump the brakes on that a little bit. But the thing that got people excited about it when it came out is that it was one of those movies that was very left field. And yeah. the pe it went and you know that was when we were still watching things in theaters regularly. Yeah. It yeah. was a great theater movie. Mm -hmm. It was a great theater movie. It doesn't have to be everything. It like the original Tron is it's it's a theater movie. It's just a dumb movie, but it's fun. It's yeah. a, it's a cultural touchstone. I think that uh, uh, Tron Legacy. Mm -hmm. I think that Tron Legacy did a great job of being a popcorn movie. I think it did a great job yeah. of picking up a franchise where the source material does look dated. The source material is dated, but they fully honored it. They picked it up and they were like, no explanation needed. Here is that world. Now that's fair that they didn't, they didn't try to explain anything, but at the same time, I think I struggled with that a little because I don't, excuse me. Like I felt like it's geez, freaking burrito not, nachos, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's hard. It was hard for me after going on about like con time, like context of history and whatever. Um, to not watch it and feel like I was watching, um, 
uh, something that would have been equally set in the Blade Runner universe or equally set in new Star Wars. Here's, where it's like, yeah, everything's, I guess, black and black and white and orange, but it's also like very shiny. I feel like you're you're nitpicking and you're like, here's what could have happened. Mm-hmm. Because you you can agree that it's a competent, entertaining popcorn movie. Yes. Yes. What could have happened is it could have been like the Robocop reboot. Where it's like, why is this? This, I, you th- know, this misses the spirit I no, I'm, of Robocop. I'm, I'm nodding, but I haven't seen the Robocop Don't. reboot. Don't. Uh, because I was too busy watching Dread over, like, I've watched Dread, Dread is, twice. Dread is great. I've watched that probably like four or yeah. five times now. Dread is, I, uh, I, I wish there was five more of those. Uh, but my thing, the thing that Tron Legacy got me thinking about is because of where we've progressed uh, in terms of, like, video games like tron ultimate like the original tron is a video game it feels like you're in battle you're in a battle zone world right right right. or like the bike game is basically snake right the the light bikes they're basically playing real snake right yeah yeah. arcades were huge when the first tron came Um, out so is all a huge reference to arcade games and i think the way that arcade games video games have all moved is towards like hyper realism and so i don't know how you make a a, mo- a movie that's supposed to be set in a game universe that works in the same way Tron did because everything's hyper-realistic now. The, the problem is that you're thinking of the Tron universe as an analog to the Wreck-It Ralph universe, and it's not. It is not a video game world. It is a world where where sprites and bits of code are sentient and exist within a mainframe and exist within programs. Okay, and they're not nece- right. they're yeah. not necessary. They they interact with games as programs, mm-hmm. but it's it's more abstract than that. Sure, it's sure. not. They're not living in a game world. They're living inside of a world that humans have created when they created microchips and processors right, right. and circuitry and things like that. We, we recreated, we created a new frontier mm-hmm. inside of computers. And that's what Tron is about. And that's like the whole philosophy of it. Okay. You know? Well, I did read Not that it ever needs to be that deep. Cause it doesn't. I did read that they are working on a third Tron I movie. Know. Is that exciting? I'll watch it. I I'm I'm skeptical that are it will be good because I was surprised that the the new reboot was good. The are last you one are you good. ready to have it ruined for you? Yeah, ruin it for me. It's starring Jared Leto. Is it? <sighs> Why? And speaking of things that are way Why? cooler <laughs> the, at than le- Jared Leto, at least it wasn't Chris Pratt, but. <laughs> <laughs> Why? When are we, when are they going to stop giving that guy work? It's Tron in time. They might as well have given it to The Rock. <laughs> I'd watch a Tron movie with The Rock in it. He's probably going to be in it. That would be way better than Jared Leto. <sighs> with Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy-on, easy-off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. 
And then instead of having Daft Punk do the soundtrack, they're going to have 30 Seconds to Mars do the soundtrack. The soundtrack was a huge deal on, on yeah. Legacy. Yeah. It was cool. It's a cool soundtrack. It was. It, was, it, it fit the movie very yeah, well. Yeah, it, it was. It was perfect for the movie. It, it it had the right vibe. I don't. I don't have a lot of hope for it now. Ryan, I need. I, you to, I hope that it doesn't suck, but I think it I will. I need you to pick up your pedal board. Oh yeah, because this is time to talk because about Chase Bliss. This episode is sponsored and brought to you and whatnot by Chase Bliss. Ryan's got a Chase Bliss. It's all the way down here, here and right and here. here. I've got the Dark World, which is is honestly, I think, my favorite Shimmer style reverb, but it's super mm. weird and super different for a Shimmer reverb. It does a totally different thing. I mean, it still shimmers, but the way I have it set up is that it's it, it oscillates slowly in between a high octave shimmer and a low octave shimmer, and you get everything in between. And it just always feels like it's moving, so it never feels like that boring, like, ah, it's always the same right. kind of like right. shrill sort of thing. The fact that it moves makes it feel really organic. And then I've got the Gravitas on here, Gravitas. which I use as a very simple tremolo, but it does crazy stuff that yeah. I feel guilty that I don't get into more often that because pedal, it's pretty wild. It's Yeah, it's pretty mind-blowing. Uh, if you want to find out more about Chase Bliss, head on over to chasebliss.com. They just came out with a new pedal. The Lossy. Uh, the Lossy. That's a, it's pink. It's like a collaboration with a, a company that did like a plug-in to make uh, it sound like the 90s. I, we Something recorded like this episode right after last week's, and I still haven't watched a, 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 to see what it You could have like. done it in between. No, because I was calming down my daughter who was crying because she poked herself you in the eye when she was trying to fall asleep. If you showed her the video, it would have calmed her down. That's true. I should have done that. That would have been a great sponsor spot. <laughs> Ryan, you know, I, my daughter poked herself in the eye mm-hmm. and she couldn't fall asleep. She was crying. I played her a demo of the lossy. She fell right to sleep. Buy yourself a lossy this holiday season. Ryan. Yes, Steve. Do you have the next topic ready? I feel like we should skip the topics because we you spent so long on other stuff. We're at 53 minutes, Steve. Oh. I feel like that topic deserves more time. We can give it all the time we want. Do you want to go long? I don't care. I'm going to let you decide. You're the tired one. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm. It does, nothing's going to change for me. Do you have the? I think if we don't do it now, I don't think you're going to remember it. You're probably right. Okay, Dan Pratt asks: '90s gear is being marked as vintage. Talk about how this is somehow possible, yet also not okay. Speaking as a '90s kid here. So, the way I'm going to start this. Start it. When I first got on the internet as a young guitarist, it was the late 90s, probably 97, 98 or Mm -hmm. something like that. And I was getting on groups and forums and whatnot, Harmony Central, all that. People were fighting it out, trying to figure out if 20-year-old guitars were vintage, like late 70s strats even mm-hmm, early mm-hmm. 70 strats like are these these can't be vintage i mean well, how could these possibly be vintage it was yeah. 20 years ago but you know that 68 absolutely vintage right. but a 78 right now a 1993 mexican strat a 1994 mexican strat is 30 years old we were yeah. fighting about 70 strats in the 90s here we are 30 years later talking about guitars that are 10 years older than that division. 
where we were like a 60s guitar, definitely, definitely vintage. It has to be vintage. Yeah. The 70s guitar, I'm not so sure. I'm not convinced. And then 10 years ago, it was like, how could 80s guitars possibly be vintage? Does anyone debate right now that an 80s guitar is vintage? A guitar from the 80s. I think people are, I think 80s are still up in the air. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. I 80s guitars are. are vintage now. It's a it's a different era of construction. I can understand people being like, I can't see how a 90s Strat could be vintage because it feels like it's too similar of an era of construction. You get into 80s construction and things have changed a lot. Like think about the finishing on a, on a, on a Japanese Strat in 1986 or whatever. Like that's a vintage guitar. Think about the way the plastic feels. Think about the hardware being used. Those are vintage guitars at this point. They're removed from our era. They are? Oh, shit. 80s? Somebody's got, are... somebody's got, now this looks like it's it's in Switzerland, so maybe it's marked up a little, but somebody's got a 1988 American Stratocaster for $2,700. Fender reissued the Strat, the black headstock S-T-R-A-T with a Floyd. Yeah. They reissued it. They're reissuing 90s guitars. They're, you know, they're Kurt Cobain, you know, Jackstings and stuff like that. Like the, the 90s are vintage now. If, if I went and bought a, an original run Talman with a long lower horn, a 90s Talman, that would be vintage. That's a vintage guitar. I think vintage in this context implies a level of value. Of course. So if you're if you're going to use a 25-year rule, which that's the classic is the 25-year rule. Uh so so yeah, like, you know, up until like 2010 or so, there was still a lot of debate. 2010 I would have taken you back to 1985. I think with the guitars, it, that line might be longer. Right now, all over reverb, you can find USA strats from the late 80s in the same price bucket. There's a 1989 USA Stratocaster Midnight Blue for $1,300. Here's another one for $15. That's the same price as the I don't think it a, means they're not, they're not vintage. It, they don't have to command the price, uh, so, uh, the price that's similar to... Uh, a 1952 whatever like it's it, no it's, it doesn't but this they will get there though that maybe not at the same level but like but notable examples i think we will see things that climb and climb and climb and they'll surprise us we'll be like really that thing and there's like there's a lot of stuff from the 60s like i'm probably gonna buy that green tysco <laughs> for 300 bucks that's a vintage guitar but sure yeah i i think that there's it yeah, grew on vintage. a vine it got bottled yeah, up yeah and yeah. we see the year yeah. on it and it's like mm, it's got it's got an oakiness to it so i think i think you can call it vintage sure because it's because it's older know. that's subjective where I'm thinking about this is, and I, I question this in terms of long-term. So we think about, we think about examples, um, over time. Mm -hmm. And let's just talk about Fender 
you've got hallmark years for the Fender Stratocaster. 1954, 1957. I don't know what changed, but 1957, 1962. um, 66. 66. Not for the Strat so much, I don't think. For offsets, for jazz For offsets, for sure. Um, There's probably for the, for I want to say like 75. I don't know why, but that's like a reissue year around there. You have different eras. So you have like 19, that 1965, 1966 division with the, with pre versus pre CBS versus CBS. The the problem with this logic, Steve, is that you get into the eighties and the nineties and, and, and so on. And the models start to be called the 65 reissue. Yeah. No, no, no. (laughs) So it's like you have a vintage that is a reissue of a vintage. Sure. You know, you, you absolutely do that. And that's not like a, that's not where I was going. Sure. Where I'm going is I think with the seventies ones, uh, you know, around the time when you would have got, are we going to start calling guitars like, Oh, this is a 96, 66 reissue. (laughs) We already do. I know it's it's silly to think about we it. We already turns. do. I know. If you are shopping for Japanese fenders from the eighties, will it go another level? We'll be like, oh, this is a twenty three ninety six sixty six reissue. We already do. Do we not? Not like that. But okay, think about this. When we talk about jag stings, which one right. are you talking about? Are you talking about nineteen ninety six? Right. You're talking about two thousand three. Talking about two thousand thirteen. Like they've reissued that guitar know, multiple different. times. I'm talking like there was in 1966 they made a Jazzmaster. Yeah. Then I'm just I'm just making stuff up here. I'm spitballing. I'm, I know I'm not going to get the dates right. Then say in 1986 they make a, a 66 Jazzmaster. Yeah. Then let's say in 19 let's say in 2036 they make a 1986. 1966. Right. So they don't. And then in, in 2056, they make a 2036, 1986. Sure. 66. Like you just like it's referenced. Like it's a reissue of a reissue of a reissue. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, this, is this is a reissue of the type of the style that they made the reissue in the eighties. Like it's, it's got yeah, poly so, on it. It's so got I, a poly finish. I suppose they haven't done like that level of rush. Ridiculous, stupid, right. Dumb idea that but, I have that no one else would thinks is even viable. But there, but there is a thing of like, you know, you buy a 57 strat. Or you buy the Japanese 1984 57 Strat. Right. Or you buy the 2023 Fender Custom Shop 57 Strat. The, the like year the, is a brand at this point. Yeah. You know, like. Um, and so you have some of that. Um, you have these eras around the time that you were talking about, late 90s, around the time when I really got into gear groups in the early 2000s. You could you could still buy a 70 Stratocaster yeah, they were for under a thousand dollars. Now you very rarely see them for less than 2000 inflation, blah, 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 whatever. But inflation doesn't really hit the used guitar market the way it hits the new guitar market in, in sure. some ways. So that, that value it's a increase soft yeah. market, like it responds that value increase slow. from for seventies guitars from a thousand dollars to $2,000 is a, or even $3,000 in some cases is a clear indication of a change in the way that we value these things. 
certain 80s fenders, particularly Japanese ones, have gone up. But the reason I was pointing out like a 1988, 1989, 1990 American Strat hasn't gone up in value. And I don't know that we're going to see, I don't know when, obviously at some point we will see late 80s, 90s, even 90s Mexican fenders go up in price. I think could really be a scarcity thing. And what I don't know, and maybe someone out there knows, has done the research, is at what point did Fender start, like, cranking? Like, how many Stratocasters did the they make did, yeah. in 1980 versus 1990 versus 2000? I, only observational, wonder if somewhere in the mid-80s we entered the guitar equivalent of what the, in the sports card they call the junk wax era. The junk wax era is Too probably mid-70s through the mid-90s when you could go to any drugstore in the United States and buy a pack of baseball cards, football cards, whatever. Maybe you only wanted that stick of gum. Maybe that's why Ryan probably bought baseball cards because he wanted that stick of gum. Steve, He's, I never once bought baseball cards. He's sitting there, Ken Griffey Jr., fuck that guy, Mark McGuire, whatever. Oh, gum, hell yeah, I'm out of here. A friend had a baseball card that was worth $500, and his dad put it in this acrylic brick. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, we're saving that to pay for some of my college. Yeah. And like, we believed that it would make a dent in his college education. Yeah. We're like, well, that's oh, a difficult yeah. $500. So, yeah. Well, and probably uh, that in. if he pulled that out of a, of a junk wax era pack, it was probably worth $500. That some, some, I was actually watching a video recently. So there's this really cool card from like 1990, 1991, I'm making a point. Yeah. Don't worry, I'm getting there. Um, it was a Deion Sanders because he played football and baseball. So it was, it was a, a, two, a card that had two sports on it. And the guy said that he took that card to a trade show, like collector collector show. Like, you know, you have these good Amigo guitar show kind of a thing, but for sports sure. cards. And um, I like how I over explain these things. Like you don't know what a card show is. Steve, what, what, um, what are these objects made of? Yeah, Explain the uh, process of manufacturing. Well, them. they're made on, on, I wasn't heavy, being on heavy card stock. It's not digital. Um, it's analog. But but somebody at a trade show offered him like $100 for the card, and he's a kid, and he's like, this is the coolest card ever. I'm not trading it. You can buy that card on eBay all day long for like $7 now. Right, right. Um, so who knows? So all that to say is, yes, 1998, technically, if you go by again the old twenty five year rule, which is the was the standing rule for a very long time that people would reference twenty five years as vintage. Nineteen ninety, a guitar made in nineteen ninety seven is vintage. Nineteen ninety eight is new vintage, right? It's now that's the new vintage year. But were there just too many guitars on the market for any of them to really command value? There maybe there might be an issue of too many guitars made then versus the amount of demand now. And the amount of guitars that have been made since then, like guitars are not a scarcity now. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of guitars and they don't go bad. They don't spoil there. You can keep them going a long time. Uh, and uh, another point I'm going to make. Sure. I think that Polly has slowed the vintage process. Polly is a finish mm. because you know, like all those guitars from, 
the eighties through the nineties, they're bulletproof. Their finishes yeah. are bulletproof. Yeah. They, they, they have a couple chips. They have a big, ugly scuff on them, but they're still there. You know, like the, the finishes from the sixties, they're hanging on. They're barely hanging on. If you play that guitar, then they're rubbing off like chalk. Yeah. Not, not literally, but like the, the chances for the relicking and the aging and for that guitar to, because for something to be vintage, it has, and, and to be desirable as vintage, to mm-hmm, accumulate mm-hmm. value as vintage, it has to have something that the new version doesn't have. And a lot of times that thing is the sensation, the experience of age. Yeah. If something doesn't age as quickly, it's going to feel like it doesn't become vintage as quickly. It's not just this nostalgia pushback of like, oh, no, something from my teens can't be vintage now because then I'm vintage and mm-hmm. then I feel insecure mm-hmm. about my age. It's not all that. There, Even though we didn't touch on that at all because that's definitely a factor for a lot <laughs> of us. Um, it, I think because the, gar- the guitars are not aging the same way and because guitars, believe it or not, have gotten way more affordable, many of us have too many guitars and we don't get the sure. opportunity to sure. age them the way that someone in the seventies would have aged their only guitar that they could afford their only American guitar because this literally, it was literally cost as much as a car, you know, it cost Mm -hmm, as much mm -hmm. as getting a a Chrysler station wagon. They decided to get a a guitar instead, uh, or they could have bought a house for three guitars, you know, yeah, (laughs) like versus now where it's like, a, a guitar it can cost as much as like two video games now. And like you, sure. you can have too many of them and you don't play them long enough to age them. The fact that they don't age quickly anymore, I think plays into that, that feeling of like, this isn't old. This stuff isn't old because it's not aging the way that I expect an old thing to age. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And therefore I'm not old either. I'm young still, <laughs> right? I still got, I still got tread on the tires. <laughs> I think there's something to be said for, um, some of the myth, mythologizing. That's, that's the right way. To say, that's the right way to say it, Steve. You did it. Is it? No. <laughs> How would you say it? Mythologizing. Mythologizing. I can't believe I nailed that first try. Mythologizing. I could spell it. I just couldn't say it. Right. Um, mythologizing around different things. So I watched, um, I think it was does it doom made a, a short video on uh on threads actually i think i saw it on threads um where he was talking about the gibson goodwood era which is typically a lot of people say like 90s gibson's were it was a goodwood era like they they were very high quality and if you have better than like the late 2000s or the early 2010s and one thing that i will say is while I think the cost of a 1996 American Strat and a 2016 American Strat are probably the same. I did not look that up. A 1996 Gibson Les Paul Standard on average is commanding like a few hundred bucks more than a 2016 Gibson Les Paul Standard. So there is... There is something maybe to to that mythologizing but also, of certain eras of certain times. Gibsons are still nitro. That's true. The, Gibsons you, are still you nitro. You are going to feel a ten year age difference in a '96 versus a 2006. Like if it, if they're both guitars are played as the same average amount of time, mm-hmm. that will be a 
a, a difference that you will be able to feel. Yeah, you might even fair. be able to see it. Like the wood's going to shrink and dry the, you know, like the edges of the fretboard are going to get more and more rolled as you, as you play and your, your ring rubs up and down it and stuff. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's, it's, the, it's it's gonna feel older and it's gonna it's gonna feel unattainable that feeling will feel unattainable from a newer instrument so if you're in, into vintage instruments it's gonna be more appealing to you I did don't, I, did I, I don't have disagree I, have I talked myself into being a, an appreciator of nitro now I, I have <laughs> so few nitro guitars I've Do you got have any nitro the, guitars? the 66 jazz master that's nitro that's really? nitro I did not know that it's so shiny. It's not that shiny. It looks shiny. It is nitro, though. I mean, I guess ni- Gibson nitro is also shiny. The uh, the Titan has a really thin the UV Titan has poly. a really thin. It's, it's yeah. picked up some dings and stuff. Oh, the, the Harmony has nitro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's nitro. So I, I think the nitro thing could play into it. Uh, I, the, I the, think the, the stories around them, because, again, that's why Fender Japan, all the Fender Japan stuff is poly and sometimes yeah, yeah. very thick poly. So thick. But uh, that's also that feels vintage to me. When I pick up a MIJ uh, Strat. Mm. It's and so it's, it's unique. It's something unique about it. It's like that's unattainable. That is a sign of its. That's a sign of its era. Yeah, that is, it's from an era of manufacturing. I remember yeah. being in conversations where the, people would talk about the fact that, like, I think from basically from again 1988 until a 2008. So what is that like 20 years? The Fender American Standard was unchanged. Like it was the same logo, the same, all that stuff was all the same. No real significant changes sure. to the guitar itself for that entire time. I want to say around 2008 or so is when they started making some tweaks to like the hardware it came with. Uh, the I remember people throwing a fit over that and yeah. just being like, I, I get I get a new standard every year. Like I've, I've had, like, what am I going to do? They don't, they're not going to make it the same way anymore. Like, yeah. like it was weird. Like pe- people got upset when they stopped doing the same thing every year. The flip side of that is if you make too many changes, too many years in a row, yes. then you get too far away. I know I'm picking on Fender a lot, but that is a thing that they've kind of done over the last few years, particularly on like the, the because the Mexican stuff was the same way. They made the same basic Mexican Stratocaster from like, I don't think quite the late 80s, but like the early right. 90s through 2008. And then they changed the logo up they in got, 2009. They got really crazy when they made the California series. Oh, I forgot about that. Some of them were orange. <laughs> uh <laughs> But like from two two thousand nine to like two thousand what thirteen two thousand fourteen, they had the the newer version of the Fender Standard Stratocaster, and then they they don't even make the Standard Stratocaster anymore. They right. make the Player Series and the Players Plus, and right, right, and they've gone through a couple different variations of those over over the last sure. decade or so or whatever eight years. So I feel like we maybe that will make those more valuable in the future. Oh no, this is a genuine 2011 standard Stratocaster. Maybe. It's got that. It's got the 2011 logo. I think not all the 2008 the, logo. I think all the weird stuff is going to be very collectible, like mm. like all your Jaguarillos and things like that. All those like paranormal series, right? And, right, and the, whatever the blacktop stuff. Yeah, like, that's that's fair. I think that. I mean, we uh, already see it with like know. people collect Vista series. Yeah, you know, like people collect Squire Fifty Ones. Yeah, that's weird. That's still weird to me. Like they're they're an interesting guitar, but like 
Man, they were they were like they were those were the the the, the bullet makes, Mustangs. Makes me wish I could pick up a, a one of those Squire Starcaster semi hollows for a hundred bucks. Fifty ones had like cheese grater frets on them. I remember yeah, the frets being so some, sharp. But if you were like a if the kinds of people who wanted the fifty ones yeah. to to mod because they were like uh, had a cool routing and whatever, they were going to do the fret work. We're dangerously sounding like a competent guitar podcast this episode and well i don't like it ryan can we go back to being stupid we got one last ad and i hope it's i assume it's stupid because it was sent by aaron abubo (laughs) it's not stupid actually oh why is this blurry oh oh because he took it the small setting on his phone you want to see something crazy it's the heel of the neck thin fretboard again oh with the curve yeah there we go that must just be a 60s thing that we're too stupid we, to we know did, about we did the bass last, last episode week, yeah. and here we go see it again I, i've never noticed that before yeah this road this is I'm a, back to being stupid this again. is a thicker rosewood it's definitely thicker than that one but eh, not but that it's, much but it's still going with that curve yeah it's definitely way thinner than modern Which, again like, I, I don't think they do that anymore. hey Someone tell me, does Fender do that anymore? Like on their vintage style instruments? Yeah. Like the, I, there's binding on the 66 Jazz yeah. Master, so we can't check that. And I don't have anything else that would tick that box. But I want to check now, is Fender recreating that on their vintage style instruments? The thin veneer of Rosewood versus the slab that we get now? Because that, that could be a totally different feel. If you want to see 24 photos, go to Los Angeles Craigslist and search 1964 Duosonic. Facebook limits me to 10 photos here. This 1964 Fender Duosonic has obviously been modified, but still retains its original neck, neck plate, and body. While it's far from original, it's a fantastic vintage player and is probably the cheapest playable pre-CBS Fender on the market. Why and when this guitar is modified has been lost to time since the previous owner passed away many years ago. Most obvious modification is the trem slash whammy bridge. The bridge is a Washburn 2001 unit, and these require no routing to install, so fitting an original type bridge back onto this guitar is possible without filling a large hole. Only three to four extra screw holes were added to the body to fit this. The neck retains the original finish, logo, frets, etc. This body plays or this guitar plays fantastic, uh, low action, and the neck is super broken and uncomfortable. I did see a picture of the neck; it is very broken. In this has the clay dots like other pre CBS Fenders and the Brazilian board. Those clay dots sell for fifty dollars a piece on eBay. I looked it up one time. The frets are in rather good shape. Nice straight neck. The fretboard has some finger grooving into it from lots of playtime, but it plays great up and down the neck. Did you already say that? It's a brass nut install that was well done and a locking nut behind it. It just gets weirder. When I bought it, the tuners were completely missing, but I placed an error correct set of reissue tuners on it as I was wanting to slowly bring this back to a more stock form. I had planned to remove the trim system, but I didn't. The bridge pickup is a 1970s DiMarzio Super Distortion. Nice. The same pickups Kurt Cobain often used and converted his Mustangs to HS setups like this. I had planned to leave the pickup as well, but I wanted to cut a new guard and change the controls. Uh, and this either... guy basically wanted to do everything who's gonna, that anyone who's yeah. going to buy this is going to want to do. The pots are not original, a bit of a mess. The tone pots work, but the volume knobs do nothing. The pick guard is rather haggard. It's had a piece added where it broke and has other cracks. White finish on the body is, quote, egg, is an eggshell texture. 
bumpy and flat. I believe it was originally red, then blue, then white. I was just going to leave it, but thought sanding it three places to expose other colors underneath may give it a cool jawbreaker look or with super dedication. The original finish may be savable, uh, but that would be a lot of work to expose. The neck plate is an L series used on 1960s Fender. Parting the guitar, I could net 12 to 1300. The neck is worth half that. The neck plate is worth hundreds, as is a 1970s DiMarzio Super Distortion. Da, 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 da. Hate to part it out. You could get this guitar anyway. How often do you need volume knobs? That's a great question. Almost anyway, never. the direction of this guitar is up to the new owner. Play it, restore it, partially restore it, mod it, part it out, uh, etc. $1,000 firm. I did a search on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. I extended my range 1,000 miles, Steve. And you could that goes out into the ocean. Yeah. This isn't listed anywhere anymore. That means it's Ooh. sold. I already had in my gut, like, this is a good deal. Like a, a 1964 yeah. Duosonic in stock condition is going to be above two grand, like high two grand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like that trim. There's no routing underneath it. You can pull it off. There's just going to be screw holes. You could swap in the stock bridge if you want. Who knows? This this trim is still on here. It might be a ton of fun. It might be a blast on this guitar. It doesn't look like it fits at all. It is a massive piece of brutalist machinery. Why does it have four knobs? Is it volume tone, volume tone? Maybe. This is this is mostly reversible stuff. Yeah. Yeah, okay. This is a well-aged guitar. Mm-hmm. Like the the way that the the fretboard is worn in like that is very romantic. Are you kidding me? That's beautiful. The the finger grooves in there, you can you can plug up the holes from the, the from the bridge and that locking nut and put a little dowel in there. And mm-hmm. uh, someone who's a tech who's really good at finishing will match the clear coat and and cover it up very very tastefully. And you could get a a new pick guard or get a vintage pick guard and the vintage pickups and restore this completely if you wanted to and start the project at a thousand dollars and sell that DiMarzio and sell that bridge. And, you know, probably be probably get, be getting out the door to restore this thing. My gut tells me $1,500 after you sell things. Not bad. And I, I think you're right. I, th- I don't think it would take a lot. It wouldn't. It sounds like there's no wood missing. It looks great. It has the right kind of aging. Mm-hmm. For that, like, mm, yeah, you could. It's got a brass nut. You can replace nuts. Swap in an aged bone nut. It'll, it'll be. It would be the right thing to do if you were restoring this guitar. If it didn't have a brass nut, but also, like, what if this is a hoot? What if this is a ton of fun? It does. It does look like a ton of fun, and this falls into that category. When did these Washburn bridges exist? I don't, the, it I don't had know, to be late 70s or yeah, through the mid 80s or something uh, like that. They said it's a Washburn 2001. Maybe we that's can look the, that that's up a model number because no, it sounded I, futuristic. I, I know. I know. That's, that's the model number. <laughs> 2001 in the future. Uh, this says their machines I, rule the planet. I found one that says it's circa 1987. Again, we've kind of talked about this before. And this kind of goes back to the last, the topic we had this episode. Like, yeah. we romanticize these eras, but it, in 1987, a 23-year-old Duo Sonic was just a 23-year-old student guitar that was better than anything that Tysco was making, but like grunge didn't exist right. yet. 
you probably could have bought a 1964 Fender Duosonic at a pawn shop for like 350 bucks. The equivalent of it. The equivalent of it for sure. Yeah. So, you know, somebody bought this. Maybe that's why there's so many mangled Mustangs. Maybe it was their dad's old guitar. Who knows? People would buy them cheap and they're like, oh, I wish it was a BC rich. And they try to cut weird shapes into it. Some, somebody had this and they were like, I really like the way this feels, but I wish it would shred. I've got no, I own a Duosonic. It's the guitar that I've owned the longest of all the guitars I have right now. I've always thought of it as a secret shredder. Like it legitimately, like like the first guitar that I picked up that reminded me of it because it felt so different from everything else Mm -hmm. was an Ernie Ball Axis. I was like, oh, this kind of feels like my Duosonic. Weird. It's the shreddy, fast, fun guitar. The fact that they're short scale means that the strings feel really slack. Mm -hmm. You can put heavy strings on it, but still play it really fast. I like, I'd love a duo sonic built to shred with a, some sort of Floydy divey thing on there and a hot humbucker. That sounds like a blast. So if, if this had been local and I ha- had known about it, I would have been sitting on the edge of my seat, like trying to talk myself in or out of it. You know, I thought this information was on Wikipedia, but I'm not seeing it. And as far as is, I'm concerned, like per our, pre- our previous conversation, mm-hmm. the whole thing is vintage. I know it's modified, but that bridge is vintage now. The the pickup the br- is vintage. The bridge is vintage. You it's are all correct. vintage. It's just different eras of vintage. This is no this is no different than if if in the the, the late nineties you had a sixties strat with a seventies bridge on it. You know, like Yeah. Yeah. It's all vintage. vintage. It's it's mismatched brand wise, but it's <laughs> We're looking at a fully vintage guitar here. It's just been modified. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is the information that I was looking for. Uh, I know it says three quarter on here, but I wanted to confirm this. I don't. I assume because this went for the Music Master. I assume it also went for the Dual Sonic. Because what I what I looked at before I really looked at the end of the neck, yeah, uh, the neck butt, whatever you would call heel? that, is it heel? Uh, is that this is a twenty one fret neck? And something I learned recently that somebody on there is going to be like, I can't believe you had a guitar podcast for 10 years and you just learned this, is that a tw- the 21 fret neck was always a 22.5 inch uh, scale. Okay. And the 22 fret was a 24 inch scale. Consistently. Right, right. So. And but, that, that's that's not the short version of the Duosonic. There's also like. No, this is the short version of the Duosonic. I've got the the twenty. You have like the seven. weird ass Mexican reissue. But I think they had didn't they have no, an original version that was they small? did that they did that for just for the nineties. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe you're right. At least that's how they talk. Again, I'm going off of sure sure Wikipedia. They talk about the reissue in 1993. We're Fender released a Mexican made reissue Duosonic in a 22.7 inch scale <laughs> in black, red, and white. I've got the black one. White. This is a man, a thousand dollars. There's a part of me that like feels like I I need to track down some dumb modified vintage fender like this and just drop a thousand dollars. I think I might have if this if this had been local. Yeah. If I had seen this email when Aaron sent it, I might have asked him to go pick it up for me. And then I'd grab it from send him at Nam or something. Yeah, send him a thousand dollars. Aaron, go get this. Ryan? Yeah. Adventurous Club. 
This one's tough because we've got the uh, Tysco that I might end up trading for. Yeah, the the Tysco you're going to try to buy. We've got the Velma. We've got the Velma. Very sexy. Which, very which sexual. We, you know, had a long discussion on your uh, animated character fetishes and trying to figure or out. Or my lack thereof. Or your lack thereof. Uh, we have some very entertaining guitars this episode. We've got this vintage incorrect. Yeah. So. Dude, I don't know. I've... I think I got the most excited talking about the vintage incorrect. I think I had the most fun trying to get you to buy a green Tysco. I think we're going to have to flip for this. Uh, where'd my spin doctor's pick go? Uh oh. Where did it go? Did you lose it? Is it that not. one? Is it? I don't think so. It's buried somewhere over here. Well, you know what? Every time you flip the spin doctor's pick, you win. So flip this fender pick for me. All right. Uh, you want the... I want tails. Which side is tails? The unprinted side. Oh, my God. I have a back injury. Oh, Steve, I'm sorry. I just smell like menthol all the time. Add that to your fanfic about Steve. Is it, He has is a bad back. Right you now. want the side with no print. Right, right. So the side with no print is the vintage. Incorrect. Incorrect. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Oh, no, I lost it. <laughs> That's what happens when you don't have the spin doctor's pick. You going to try again or call it off the floor? You don't want me to call it off the floor because I would win if I called it off the All floor. All right, try again. Is that a good Ooh, flip? Is that a good enough flip? Yeah, I think that's good enough. <laughs> you won. How come All he always right. wins the I don't flip? know, man. He might as well just give it to you. Like, Steve Steve just gets to decide now. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to choose anymore. Just whatever Steve wants. Green Tysco. Congratulations, Robert McDowell. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, that's so dumb. <laughs> Sorry. Used to, you would flip it all the time, too, so you can't even... I know. Like, it's not you doing it. It's the, it's the, yeah. the universe agrees with you, Steve. All right, um, we're going to do this song. This was sent by Chris Badger from the band Fly Janet. Uh, he says, uh, I spoke with you on Instagram. Uh, here is our single from our newest release. We are an instrumental surf rock band from Houston, Texas, and Denver, Colorado. This song is called The Man in the Hat. I need to download it. The, man, the Hat Man, huh? I've heard about the Hat Man. I'm the man in the hat. Wonk, wonk.
very uh, stereotypical thing to do mm-hmm. in surf songs yeah. is to do the, the blues progression. And it's always really great to hear a surf song that doesn't do that. So that was really fun. I, I really like that, that like that part in there. Like it's a really nice change up. That was a fun song. I like that a lot. Good job. It's short too. Jeez. I bet the names were just flying. Minute 41. Wow. All right. Bye everybody. Stay grounded.